Morning and welcome. My name is Paul, one of the leaders here at Cornstone Church Liverpool. It's my job today to take us through um, our second in our set of values, Gospel Centre, Marked by Grace, and our mission. So if you're new here, this is a great time for you to be joining us as we just make our way through the, the values that kind of um, underpin what we do and who we are as as a church. So every year what we do, we circle back around to these values. And it's, it's really helpful. I found it really helpful. Last week, we, Steve took us through what it means for us to be gospel centered. And I don't know about you, but I'm a, a little bit distracted at the moment. And I mean generally, but specifically spiritually. It's hard to feel a connection at the moment. And that's to be expected because the, the physical gathering of God's people which we're not able to do at this time, is a means of, of grace, a means where we are spiritually energised. Even in things like communion, where it's a time where we, we, we're reminded tangibly together of the goodness and the grace of God with the family, of uh, our family of brothers and sisters in Christ. When we, when we sing together, singing engages our emotions and we, we together show the unity of God's people as we join each other in song. And it's, it's so natural that if we're not meeting, meeting that we're going to get this sense of, of disconnection. So let's be aware of that. And let's turn the right way, which is back to God, to the, the fire, the heat, the warmth of the, the gospel, which melts the, the coldness, the frostiness that can build up in our hearts. So in light of that, what I want to do today is start by reading a prayer together that I've taken out of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And we're going to be in Ephesians a bit today, so it's going to be helpful just to, to see how Paul prays for people in Ephesians. And it's taken from Ephesians 3. Now, the words are going to be on the screen for us to read together. So please, I'd like, I'd like you if you could read with me. It might be that you want to hold your, your hands out to help you to engage. If you're not a, a believer here today, then we love it that you are here. We do this because we need God's help. We need God's help to, to hear, to understand, to apply his word. We need God's help for all things. So an empty, with empty hands today, we're going we're gonna to ask in prayer for God's help. So let's read together and let's pray together. Our Father, God of the universe, we ask that according to the riches of your glory, you would grant us to be strengthened with power by your Holy Spirit in our inner being, so that Christ would dwell in our hearts through faith. Father, we ask that we would be so grounded in your love for us in Christ, that we would have the strength to comprehend with all of your people all over the world, the breadth and length and height and depth of the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that today you would fill us all with your spirit. You are able to do more than we ask or think. We trust your work in us. To you be glory forever. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so, so we have three values as a church. Gospel centre, marked by grace and our mission. Deep convictions that we, we come back to and start every year off with. And we always start with gospel centre because everything flows from being gospel centred. Being a, people marked, being a people marked by grace and our mission flows from what God has done for us in and through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the book of Ephesians, which we're going to be in quite a bit today. So if you your Bibles, you might want to open your Bibles up with the book of Ephesians. And the book of Ephesians is written by Paul and he spells out the gospel so clearly in chapter 2. And what he says is that, that all of humanity is spiritually dead. And by that he means, he means separated from God, under the wrath of God because of our sin. Sin being our rejection of God, which Paul calls here a disobedience. We're in a state of disobedience. Humanity itself is in a state of, a state of disobedience to God, our creator. 
whether or not we acknowledge it. We are. And it takes God to act to save sinners, to save sinners from his wrath, the wrath that we are under. So God in his mercy and God in his love, when we were dead in our trespasses, sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to live for us, to take our place and to die for us. He suffered the wrath of God on our behalf. And Paul says that through faith in him, we are made alive, raised from death to life in Christ and brought into the very presence of God. Paul basically is shouting through this letter, highlighting, underlining, putting it in bold, that this is all of grace. It's all of God's doing. It's all a gift of God so that no one can boast. This is the best news ever. It is. But often what we do, we stop right there. We kind of draw a line. And that's a massive misunderstanding of God's grace. You see, God's grace saves us, but it also enlists us to serve God. God's grace empowers us for service to God and for others. And because of the grace of God, we actually become stewards, managers, dispellers, revealers of God's grace. If you just have your Bibles there, just open them up at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1 to 12, and just see how Paul actually displays this. Let's read it together. It says this, For this reason I, Paul, chapter 3, verse 1, a prisoner for Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation. As I have written briefly, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realised in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. See, Paul, he's in prison because of his service to God. And he says in verse 2 that he's a steward, he's a manager of God's grace. He's given the responsibility to carry out a task on behalf of God and God works in and through him. He's given him this grace to pass on and Paul's, Paul's plan was to reveal God's, sorry, Paul's task was to reveal God's plan to the Gentiles. God's plan in bringing a people to himself, not limited to, to Israel, but including all people, every tribe, tongue, nation, united by the grace of God in Christ. And we see that in verse 7, if you cast your eyes there, it says this, of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. Paul is saying he was made a, a minister, a servant of God's grace. He's saying that this is the gift of God given by God's power. You see, often I think we can think that our service is a gift to God, from us to God. And Paul is saying, no, the fact that I get to serve is itself a gift of grace from God. It's this flow of God's grace from God to others through him. 
And then we read in verse 8 that, that Paul, he's not prideful. He says this, to me, though I'm the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. See, Paul's not prideful. He's saying, even me, a former, former enemy of God's people. You see, see, Paul was someone who was, he would hound down God's people. He would persecute them. He would imprison them, possibly even be killing God's people. And this former persecutor, killer of, keep, of God's people, he said, he can even use me for his purposes. He can even use me to display his grace, his goodness, his love, his mercy through. He can use me to bring about his plan for humanity. And then we see where he takes this. See, God's plan through his son to show the world himself, to reveal himself, now takes place through his people, through his church. Look at verse 9 and 10. And to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. God is displaying his wisdom, his love, his grace, his character through a people, through his church. In verse 11, this was according to the eternal purpose that he has realised in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is God's eternal purpose, which he has realised. That's key. God is revealing what he has established, what he has already done in and through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, in sending him. And now he is doing it through the church. So Paul is saying, by grace you have been saved. And by grace, you've been given a responsibility to be stewards of God's grace, to display God's character, his grace, his goodness, his love, his mercy to the world. Paul is, is showing that this is not just limited to him. It is the church that displays the manifold wisdom of God. It is the church that displays the character of God. And by grace, you've been given responsibility to steward his grace. The church has become, has been enlisted by God as servants by grace. The church has been empowered by grace to serve him. And all who receive God's grace should actually then extend it to others. So folks, let me just kind of sum it up. Grace isn't passive, but grace is, is transformative. Grace is empowering because it's God's work in and through us. It's the revealing of God's plan and God's character in and through us. So what does it look like? I believe that Paul shows us as we look through this letter. And I've just got four things for us. First of all, to be a steward of the grace of God leads to unity and peace. Chapter four, verse one to six. I therefore... A prisoner for the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Cornerstone Church, we, by the grace of God, we are called to be humble, to put others' needs above our own, to fight in this individualistic culture which pushes your needs above others, your desires above everyone and everything else. Your ambition is what counts. What you want is most important, but grace leads us to humility, to see others, to serve others, to put 
others' needs above our own. Grace leads us and empowers us to be gentle, to be patient with one another, to bear with one another. And folks, I have to say this at this particular time, there are specific circumstances that mean we're going to need this in the coming months. The anxiety levels that they're at the highest. Fear and worry is a constant emotion so much of the time for so many people. We respond to, to COVID-19 and the measures of, of COVID-19, maybe the relaxing of measures or the putting in of measures all in different, different ways. We all respond to approaching a supermarket and putting on a mask, approaching the, the schoolyard and, and picking, up, picking up our kids and, and how we approach our work environments. Do we take a vaccine or, or, or not? What's going to happen with that? Our perspective on the social distancing and the rules that are put in place, how do we manage them? How do we engage with them? How do we engage with others? with them see and as a church folks we're, we're, we're going to face a lot of decisions and a lot of working through tension and gray areas over the coming months so as we step forward into this and as we step forward out of this let's have a grace-filled response see fear and anxiety it can justify sin if we allow it to and, and can justify a sinful response maybe anger or arrogance or judgmentalism impatience grace leads us to be patient with one another maybe you're a little bit less cautious maybe you're even of the there is no pandemic brigade and we're all on this spectrum somewhere but wherever you find yourself on this spectrum if you are less cautious let's be loving and gracious in how we communicate how we love our brothers and sisters let's be gentle with each other Maybe you're a bit more cautious. Maybe you're a bit more fearful, shall we say. Maybe that's rightly or wrongly dependent upon the context of that fear and anxiety. But let's be patient. Let's be trusting. Let's be gentle. Let's bear with one another. Let's maintain a unity and peace as we emerge from this pandemic and as we walk through this pandemic. Why? Because well, we read verses like this and we see that God is a God of unity and peace. There's one God, one Father, we're all of the same family. And to help this, let me just throw in something on forgiveness. See, a bit later on, Paul in chapter 4, verse 32 says this, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. See, Paul says, he says to forgive one another as God in Christ forgave you. You see, what Paul is showing here again is that God's grace, it isn't, it isn't passive. We receive grace. We receive forgiveness, so therefore we forgive others. We can let go of wrong. We can let go of injustice and with it resentment and release others from the, the slavery of our anger, resentment and actually walk in the freedom that grace provides. We are to be a community and to walk as a community through the difficulties and tensions that we find ourselves in at this specific moment in history as a community marked by grace, a community that is walking in the unity and peace of God. Second of all, to be a steward of the grace of God leads to building others up. Chapter 4, verse 15 to 16. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So what is the truth that builds? The truth that builds is the gospel truth. God's grace, God's goodness, God's love, God's forgiveness, God, God's adoption into his family. 
What do you need to hear first and foremost every single day, every moment of every day is the gospel? I've been struggling through this lockdown, this change of circumstances, kind of not being able to meet with, with people, not being able to meet with God's people. This is not the way that it should be. This is not the way that God calls us to be and to live out as, as his people. So what do we do at this moment? What do we do in the midst of distraction? What do we do when we're just not quite feeling it the same way and things aren't the same way? Where do we turn? And we turn to the gospel because that's where life and vitality is. Just because we might not feel it the same way does not mean that the gospel is not life-giving. Just because there is distraction and there's changes and all these different things going on does not mean that the gospel is not life-giving. We are to turn to God like a plant reaches for the sun for life. See, what do the people around you need to hear today? They need to hear the gospel. And it's hard, it is. Let's agree on that, that it's hard when we're not seeing one another, it is. But if speaking the truth and love is what builds the church, we still need to step into it, even now. In fact, can I say that maybe even now more so, more than ever, which I'm pretty sure that I'm not the only one feeling a little bit distracted and detached and almost disorientated spiritually through all of this. So maybe this is a, the time for us as God's people to step forward, not step back, not seek the answers in other things, not turn to other things, but turn back to God and to seek God. See, today I'm, I'm doing a message on Mark by Grace, which is all about the, the gracious community of God's people in a time when actually we're isolated and not able to meet. And we're looking at a truth which says that actually we're called to speak the truth in love and that's what builds God's people up. And yes, we do it in community, but when we can't do it in community, we still need to do it. We still need to step into it for the sake of ourselves, yes, but even more so for the sake of other people. So let's seek to build one another in truth and love. See, that, that gathering of God people, it does fuel us. It does feed us. As, as we gather and assemble together on, on Sunday mornings or in our gospel communities, in our homes, we're actually seeing how God's word impacts other people. We're seeing how God's word encourages other people. We're seeing how God's word builds other people up. We're seeing how other people are engaging with God's word and how, is, how God's grace has been poured out to them through his word. And it fuels us for the week. Singing together fuels us spiritually for the week. Taking communion together, it fuels us spiritually for the week. Even hugging and seeing each other, physically being pre present with each other, fuels us for the week. But we can't do that at the moment. So let's be aware of that and maybe see our ministry through this week as speaking the truth in love. Sending Bible verses, passages of scripture, ways that God has encouraged you. On your WhatsApp groups, on your texts, on your mail, whatever social media platforms you have. Are you praying for people? If you're able to meet one-to-one, -one, if you're able to have just one other person around, maybe it's a phone call or a Zoom, but let's encourage one another. Let's open up God's word and let's remind each other again of the gospel truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's actually flood each other's lives with words of truth. I need it, folks. We need it. And we need each other to step into it for the sake of each other. Thirdly, Stewarding God's grace leads to thankfulness. Chapter 5, verse 19 to 21. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. 
See, folks, to be students of God's grace is to realise that we have received everything in the gospel. God has given us his son. God has given us the gift of his Holy Spirit. And that leads to thankfulness. So just think to yourselves now, what is it that you're thankful to God for? Maybe this is a good opportunity to start building some good habits. Maybe starting your day remembering what God has given you in his grace. And if everything that we have is from God and from the grace of God, then we are to steward it well. And therefore, everything that we have that we have received from God is to be used in service to him and to other people. So our homes, our money, our relationships, our, our influence, our jobs, the time that God has given us, we're to use it to serve God and serve others. Everything that we have is being given to us by the grace of God. So instead of thinking ownership, let's think stewardship. Be thankful for it and use it for his glory and the good of others. See, and here in this, God actually specifically causes people to sing together in thankfulness. And singing, what singing does, it, it connects the truth with our emotions and it brings joy. And so we sing together in unity as a family. Folks, I think we miss this more than, more than we realise. I don't think we realise how good this actually is for us, how good it is to sing together. Maybe it's time to start singing at home to engage that truth and the emotions by putting on worship songs and, and sitting and singing. Singing the truths of the gospel that melt our, our frosty hearts, expectant and waiting for the day when we can sing together again. And fourth and lastly, stewarding God's grace is a family business. Chapter 5, verse 1 to 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering, and sacrifice to God. Cornerstone Church, we are God's family, formed by him, adopted into his family. We are beloved by God himself. The God of the universe, he calls us children. And not just children, he calls us beloved children. We are beloved by God. What grace, what transforming grace. And Paul here is writing and saying, as beloved children, we are to imitate God. See, it is God by his grace who empowers us to live rightly as his people. And so we're to imitate him, walking in love as the Lord Jesus Christ did. Living our lives in service to, to God and in service to other people. Sacrificing for others, for their good and for God's glory. So, so when people see Cornerstone Church Liverpool, when they hear the name and see the lives of the people, people from across Merseyside, when they, they, people see your gospel community, when people see your life and your family's life, they see the grace of God displayed before their very eyes, lived out by his children, bearing that family resemblance of God, a life empowered by God, lived for others to the glory of God. See, the gospel is a beautiful truth. We are in challenging times, and this is tough, especially now, but, but we don't do it alone. See, God's grace saved us. God's grace enlists us and God's grace empowers us to live in constant relationship to him as his beloved children. I want to close by reading from Paul's prayer in Ephesians 3. Seeking the God of, of all power, all grace and all mercy to work in and through his people this week. Now to him, he was able to do far more abundantly than we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, 
forever and ever. Amen. Take care, folks. God bless.